Star Wars Battlefront 2 Return of the Microtransactions Hello and, Hello and welcome. welcome to Stole it from you Triangle Squared A Playstation podcast Go for it Saul I don't know what else to say <laughs> You put me on the spotlight there. Hey, you stole from me on the spot. A little bit. If you expect me to not be angry and, you know, just vigilant in my in my revenge, then I don't know if you even know who I am. But if you don't know who we are, we are Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. We post to YouTube in video format or podcast services of your choice every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. There you go. Yeah, look at that. If you listen to us on podcast services and feel so inclined to give us a nice little review to tell us how we're doing and help get us up there number-wise, uh, let more people find us is really what we mean by that. Um, Let's let this small community grow into a, a, a barely moderate medium-sized community. That'll be fantastic. A, a slightly very 12 people more community. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Saul. Yes, sir. It's been a weird week for me personally with work. Very weird week for me too. But it's also been a weird week because one of the games I was most excited for this year, Monster Hunter, I've barely played. Some of that's my own fault and some of that's the fault of my life, but... It is. What's been doing this week besides just Monster Hunter? Because I know we actually have gotten to talk to each other a bunch this week. Yeah, we actually... um, So we... I have been playing Monster Hunter with John and Ryan. Uh, We played in Blaze, of course. We played uh, three to four sessions... And I know you've been playing Rhyme, and that's, you know, that's we're always on party chat. If you guys ever uh, want to play Monster Hunter or, uh, you know, any other game with us, our uh, PSN IDs are always in the description of the videos and or the audio track. And uh, feel free to hop into our chat. But really, Monster Hunter and Subnautica have pretty much topped me out this week. Uh, I'm still on the same game of Civ Six. Like hundred turns in, I think it's it's. So you did you not play Civ Six at all? No, I did, but just very little. Like I, <laughs> I I started played like ten or fifteen turns, and then saved it, then went and played Subnautica, and then I've been when it's me on the couch at night, I'm playing Darkest Dungeon on the Switch. But that's really what really are you about thinking? It. What are you thinking? The chances are uh, that we'll see Subnautica come to PlayStation. I hope. I hope it's. Um, a really high chance. That game's amazing. And with uh, PSVR functionality? Yeah. Or, if, if, have you have you seen the game? I haven't. So, have you seen the game played in VR? Like, do you think it would translate well to the limitations of PSVR? I have not seen it played in VR, but I do know that the game is terrifyingly enough that it does not need VR, and VR, if it got it, would only be a bonus, I would think. Because Or, or, or your worst nightmare. Depending I have on Thelassophobia, and that's, you know, that... It, I, that the game. Someone today it. was like, everyone does because humans just aren't meant to be in that deep of water. I was like, I mean, it probably I mean, is like, right to an extent. I mean, I, I mean, obviously there's not because there's people that go dive down and do this crap. Yeah, that's how we know some of the information that I'm, we know. I'm perfect with swimming. Like swimming is something I am perfect with. Okay, but doing. Do, but do you like swimming in really big bodies of water? Yeah, I can I can deep. do that. But the problem with swimming, like you know, grow, going to like a lake or I've been on I've been in a, on like four or five lakes, and then. Um, Whatever ocean is you know out next to Florida, and I want to say Pacific, but I don't think that's right. It just depends on what side of Florida you're on. Whether you're, Destin, you know. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't like that trip, so I tried not to pay much attention I can't, to is it. Is Destin on the in the Gulf, or is Florida so. even considered Gulf on the on the west side? I have no idea. 
Oh well, I don't but, know, but John maybe could tell us. He's uh, he's our Florida expert. Yeah, but moving over to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. um, but yeah, it's like if I'm swimming out there, I'm fine. But the second like I jump off something high and I land in water and my feet get cold, like it's deep enough that the sun can't warm the water. That's yeah. what I'm like. Nope. Or if like there's like seaweed or whatever that's up floating up near. So you're about like when you go down and it's like you feel the temperature actually yeah. like notably change. Yeah. Like what? like warm, warm summer water to like cold, dark water. Nope. Done. Like I'll, I'll, I'll of course swim back up and I'll swim around where I'm at, but I won't go that far down. So real quick, what's your take on angler fish? Oh, they're cool. Are you terrified of them? Not really. Okay. I mean, they're kind of creepy looking. I'm to never be dead gonna, honest with you. Never gonna, probably gonna run into one, but I'm pretty sure it's the anglerfish. This is just a weird moment of uh, of knowledge for you people. I'm pretty sure the anglerfish, if I remember looking up right, uh, the ones that you normally see that we like that most people who know what an anglerfish is, uh, representative wise, is actually the female anglerfish, and the male one is one that basically during sex or something attaches to the to the female, and the female like uses his life essence. And has babies that way. It's, it's extremely, it's that's, extremely that's weird. weird. That is weird. Um, but I saw a video of it not long ago, and I was like, "That is amazing." Uh, I do. I want to check it out when we get done recording, just because I'm I'm fairly positive it was anglerfish, though, because it was like you see this big, gigantic mother one. And when I say that the like, the the male one, it is no joke. Like, say an anglerfish is like this for scale comparison, and like I'm saying, like what a foot. Then by comparison, the males like literally looks like a little tuna. Like yeah, a, not even a tuna, like a little anchovy. That's weird. Uh, did not really need to know that. Uh, so, but now you do. And uh, as they used to say on TV, the more you know. Uh, but, Saul, is that about all you've been playing then? That's it. Uh, really boring week for me. Um, yeah, I mean. So, yeah, that's that's really it. It sounds like you've been facing your fear, Saul. Is that really all that boring? Um, kind of, yeah. It's boring facing your fears? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because what happens is I'll go... Get my little submarine, and I'll go down to dark waters, and I'll see something, and then I'll just quit the game. Exit out right there. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that's enough of that game right there. Yep. Moving, moving on. Okay, well, uh, as you've already said, I have spent most of the week playing Rhyme, which I do want to say real quick. I'm very late to the game. I really wanted it early on, but uh, some of the drama surrounding the development of the game did push me off a tad bit. Uh, and then also just its release schedule. There was other stuff around it. So I ended up not getting it until recently. That's a good I game. actually caught it on sale during the uh, the five weeks of PSN sales during the Christmas time. Yeah. And I just got around to it this week. But uh, really beautiful. Cool art style. Simplistic. Uh, a little disappointing that there are moments that the, even on PS4 Pro, the game frame drips. Uh, frame drips. Frame drops. Um yeah, I noticed not, that a little not, bit. Not just playing. awful, but there's framey moments, and it's better than the Switch. Considering that, oh, is the Switch game like is awful almost unplayable? Yeah. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Um, well, anyway, so it, this is far from unplayable, and it doesn't happen very often. But when it does happen, it's just kind of man because you you look at it and like for the art style, I don't want to say it's simplistic because honestly, it's quite detailed, but it's obviously not something like Horizon, right? Yeah. And now, but at the same token, this is also not a first party developer who's developing for one. Console. Uh, so all those things being said, the game, I feel like performance wise is at least reasonable for the type of release it is and for the experience of the developer, or at least, you know, from their past releases, uh, and this doesn't put me off from them at all. I think the game's beautiful. Uh, and like I told you when I was playing it, I felt like this is a metaphor for something and, and I'm not going to go too far into, well, I'm not going to go into what it was. I don't want to yeah. ruin the ending. The ending is very powerful. Uh, and actually someone worded it very perfect. It's, it's beautiful and touching. Uh, and that doesn't mean that the game is this perfect game. I mean, it, it, but the sum of its parts 
is much you know is is much greater than yeah. just the parts by themselves. Um, but I love that game, and it has the most killer soundtrack. That literally, oh, it really I, does. Yeah, I had to type some stuff up that took me like way too long the other day, like four hours of typing, uh, and. I had Ryan hopped in the party chat. I was like, why are you not playing Monster Hunter? I was like, I'm not even playing Rhyme. I just have it on because I want to listen to the music. <laughs> so I was literally just listening to the same song or actually the same little cycle of songs. And I'd pause it every now and then because it's just really pretty p- uh, piano melody when you pause it. Yeah. And I was just kind of cycling through those. I'm like, this is good. This is nice. So, But I had more people than I expected constantly be like, why are you not playing Monster Hunter? Josh, jo- Josh sent us a message like, Brad, are you not playing Monster Hunter? I thought you got your console. I was like, why is everybody beating down on me? Because I'm not playing Monster Hunter. So I mean, I played it. Game I did, of the year contender. I, I started Monster Hunter. I want to get that clear. I started it, built my character, went through the first mission where you fight, uh, where you just basically call the number of Jagras or Jagras or whatever they're called. Um, Jagras. And from there, I mean, I had I turned it off. So I've only gotten to play it once this week. But this weekend, um, I'm diving hard into it. So I'm going to spend the majority of my weekend. I think we're going to play some tonight. I would imagine so. I don't see why there's any reason we wouldn't. I'm pretty, because I originally planned on going out of town this weekend. Um, now that I'm not, free game. I'm, I'm going to stay up real late and just do whatever the hell I want. Uh, but I didn't really play anything else. I have been kind of like missing playing my Vita. Yeah, I don't even really. I mean, but again, I haven't had the time. I really only had the time to play rhyme. I haven't even had time to do my my commitment to myself that I've failed miserably at was to do about ten uh, bounties every night on uh, Diablo three, like I talked about last podcast. I did not do that at all. This, this <laughs> not week. a single bounty. I, I think I maybe Sunday I did ten, but throughout the week I did not do any. Well, hey, life life so. hits life hits you hard. You gotta hit it back sometimes. Yeah, so I'm gonna hit it back. Video games. I'm gonna platinum it this weekend. 175. I'm at 325 right now. 175 bounties in one weekend. Oh my god! Not gonna hit it, so it doesn't really matter. But Saul, no uh, there is no drop. No drop. Well, there is uh, potentially at one point in given time because okay, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're recording earlier. We should, yeah, we than should normal. be clear. Yeah, since we uh, we uh, I won't be here this weekend um, to record, but um, we're gonna hop straight on into the news without a hitch. Is there anything in there you want to start off with first? Yeah, there is, uh, because it's probably the thing that's gotten talked about the most this week, so that's why I went ahead and made it number one, numero uno. I, I don't know German or Spanish, so for that, but uh, I apologize. I know a little um, bit of, of German. Yeah. Um, du hast. Un, du, trois. Isn't that French? No, nah, I was making a Ramstein joke. Dude, I know, but I'm du saying hast. un, du, trois. Is that French? Uh, who knows? Uh, anyway, Rockstar have finally given a release date for Red Dead Redemption 2, but the news comes alongside a delay to no one's I realistically I think everyone expected this uh, but it's still I mean for the people who are really waiting for it it's disheartening for them uh, but originally slated to release this spring the game has been moved back to October 26th to give the team more time to polish the game so hey now you have a later date but it is a date that they may not still hit who the hell knows but and the point being is that at least in, at least with the delay it wasn't just like another like well we're just moving it back to Q3 or yeah, Q4. It's an actual it's like, solid, hey, here's a date. solid release date. Which makes now. me think that they are actually aiming to hit this. Uh, that yeah. doesn't mean they won't push it back again, though. And there's no reason that they shouldn't push it back again if they feel the need to, in my opinion, personally. Yeah, and that's, um, and that's you know, I think the Rockstar, only. It, they, could, they have the ability to push it back as far as 
Q1. Q1. And that's, and that's be, you know, at least as far as I remember, that's when the, that's when the fiscal, uh, you know, fiscal year ends for most people. Right. So if that's going to be the fiscal year, as long as it releases in the first, as long as it releases before the end of the fiscal year, it'll I don't be, think fine. It'll be a big deal. Uh, to segue into one of our viewer questions though, for reader mail, you guys can always check, uh, keep an eye out on our Twitter, triangle. I love segways. You know the little things that you roll around? I, no, I always want to ride likes, on one. Nobody, no, you don't. They're not fun. Just because I don't quite understand how it works. But I've also not Alien depth, technology. Know. Sean Santarud said, "How much of an impact do you think the delay Red Dead, Redu- uh, Red Dead Redemption Two to October will have on other games released later this year? Did you? Did anyone honestly believe it was going to be spring release? Oh, well, we've already covered that part. I was like 50-50. I felt like I, I hoped it would because I felt like it was a better release window to not combat with the stuff that we've already talked about. We think is coming later year. Yeah, because." Like, okay, you know, you were originally really of the mindset that Days Gone was going to be an October game, remember? Well, I, I think it should be. Oh, yeah, but again, okay, so it should be. Yeah. But now, that is not a good idea. I don't think, well, I don't think that Ben can, uh, I don't think they can make a smart decision by pushing it further back. So if anything, if it'll that be was earlier. intended, yeah, it'd be a little earlier, maybe a summer release. I feel like it needs at least a month, at, at least. It needs a month clearance of God of War and probably Red Dead. So you remember how I said August? How August likely works. do you think an August release? That, that really now? works right now because nothing. It's unfortunate because literally Days Gone is probably the the uh, of all the games that Sony has this year uh, that are releasing. Days Gone is the most unknown quantity, right? Well, and only because, like we said, people do not have any form of name recognition for Bend. Sadly, that's true. Whereas you know Detroit. It, has a fairly it looks like game. it's going to do really well, but Quantic Dream is a known name, and the people who are going after it, the people that are going after it, it has a dedicated fan base. Whereas something like Bend has a small pe- a group of people who like their games, like everybody, every developer does, but right. not to the same extent. Like they're not as household with the PlayStation brand as as even Quantic Dream yeah. is, and Quantic Dream isn't even a first party studio. Nope, nowhere. So, yeah, no, not a lot of people have heard of Bend. They're not going to know. What they are, they're, they're going to see Days Gone and Zombies. Spider Man, Spider Man's not going to be affected by any of this. I just it, no, I think Spider Man's one of those that can release a week before Call of Duty or after Call of Duty and still, and do, still well. do well because yeah. it exists outside the medium, right? And it, it it really stands to pull people into gaming who don't normally game and stuff like that, and kids um, and stuff. like Of course, that. And, and even adults who are like, I've always wanted to play a cool Spider Man game, and this is a real Spider Man game. Again, all it takes for Spider Man is somebody to go, Hey, this is Spider Man, not made by Beanox. Oh great! Well, and you which don't wrong. I played the Spider-Man games by being honest. The amazing called? Spider-Man what was, the, was okay. Um, the Spider-Man that took place over the generations. It was on PS3 and three. Oh, Dimensions, Shattered Dimensions. Dimensions. Was that any good? Uh, it was actually okay. Hmm. Probably uh, in terms of story, it was one of the cooler Beanox games. But I don't even blame them because they were literally giving the shortest amount of times to get these games turned around, and they made the best of what they could. Uh, actually, I still think the Amazing Spider-Man One was a good game, not great have you not but good and copying i've said it before copying the arkham city and arkham or arkham you know batman arkham style gameplay for batman i mean for spider-man actually makes more sense from a world standpoint uh like it doesn't really make well i mean you could probably say technology but from an instinctual level Spider-Man has the ability to know that someone's throwing a punch behind him right spider senses makes more sense for that that brawler based counter uh, fighting system and I thought it really worked well in the first Amazing Spider-Man uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 I was really hoping would build off that promise and they made a lot of changes I did not love I still played it still beat it but it was not near as good as it should have been I heard about the um, same from everybody else who uh, played it and it's, it's just it's disappointing but it's okay 
because now we're getting the Spider-Man game we all deserve. That's true. So that's uh, you very know. true, and that's that's good. But in terms of so it can, it will literally, in my opinion, the only game it stands to affect from PlayStation's, and that's not the the whole question, but the only game it stands to really affect from PlayStation's catalog, from what we know versus what we don't know. Is could most be. likely Days Gone. Yeah, it could be Days Gone. Um, in terms of other releases, I don't know. I think other third parties are probably going to be privy to want to move as much as they possibly can around to accommodate this if they had plans for October release dates, which yeah. I'm sure there are some. Um, and Days Gone will definitely have to move around. Uh, because it, th- because there's, a, there's a new Battlefield this year, right? I wouldn't. Right? And ba- Battlefield's a every other year cycle, correct? I think so, yeah. Okay, so if that is true, and I think it is because there wasn't a Battlefield last year, um, then Battlefield is something that you're having to work around, so EA is going to have to be smart there and, and decide what they want to do. Which I mean, Battlefield is a big thing for them, uh, and it is a different genre, but you're still going against you know Rockstar, who just right now have the best-selling game ever. So it's there's a reason to be a little daunted by it. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I don't know if it'll have a big, big effect, but is there... I mean, no, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next thing up, beta firmware uh, for update five point fifty has started to roll out for those who were chosen, and sadly, I've not gotten it yet, so I may not get it. Uh, who were I chosen did. to participate? You did? No, nope, just kidding. Just messing with you. Oh well, you know. I mean, I wouldn't have cared. Uh, and some new features from it have been found, which I always love finding these things. I normally like just digging in and finding them myself. But firstly. Uh, there is now a system-wide, I put wife, <laughs> a system-wide ability to force games to super sample to 1080p on PS4 Pro, uh, which will affect a small number of games that did not get optimized for this around the beginning of the release. It has something to do with the SDK, from what I understand. So the development kit they had somewhat dealt with that. It's a very small amount of games that don't support super sampling, uh, but they do exist. So just so it's clear, super sampling only affects games that ran on a higher resolution than 1080p on. PS4 Pro, and it really is for the benefit of people who do not have 4K displays. So that's that's really what it's for. It's a little bit weird. Uh, World End was talking about he wished they would do system-wide uh, FX-16 uh, uh, anti-aliasing. Right. I don't know. Uh, FXAA, whatever. Um, I don't know if... if I don't, again, I don't know how, that, how you can do that. that but honestly, any, t- any kind of system-wide anti-aliasing... Uh, that was on top with the PS4 Pro would be kind of nice because it would stand yeah. to, it would stand to even help games that are not in 1080p from what I understand. I mean, with the way anti-aliasing works, well, yeah, 1080p games that have a little bit of a jaggies to them, right. it would help smooth those over. But a- how hard it is to put that onto a system-wide level and be able to pull up in? You got to think boost mode is a system-wide thing. AA though is really taxing. Especially at well, 16. Yeah, yeah, but you got to think if the game's not using any of the PS4 Pro's extra stuff anyway. Yeah, you could kind of throw some of that power there. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know enough about the back end to know if that'd be cool, but I mean, on, on paper and just as an idea, I like the idea. Whether we ever see somebody do that, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, apparently, from what I read, though, part of this is that the super sample across system wide is something that Xbox One X implemented, so they think that's why PlayStation went back and added it. Uh, huh. Even though it affects a small amount of games, but. Right. Uh, Let's see. The next thing is that the uh, oh, I like I like this a lot. The long requested ability to hide purchases from your library, which will help clean up the demos and Thank betas and a million different you things. You know how many have. times I have to look at PT, <laughs> and no, I can't do it. Yeah, it's sad. And there's like there's like I still have like the Rainbow Six Siege original beta in my library. There's so much crap in my library that you just need to. Yeah, I need to kill a bunch of it. So I'm glad that you can do that. That's really cool. 
Uh, let's see. And one of the other things that was found is that notifi- notifications can now be deleted. So if you don't want all that clutter on your thing, that's really good. I actually. like that too. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, and you can also create teams in the events section of the UI uh, to set up chats or to participate in tournaments. So it looks like it can like you can all set up in there. Now, how big and to what scope? I don't know quite yet. That's, and that's but super I, cool. I like the idea. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, that's who knows really how cool much idea. it'll be utilized? But I figure they have data that makes them think. Okay, this would be a useful feature right of course the normal yelling and crying about how the system update should have allowed name changing and i do say this i don't honestly know how a system update would even affect the name changing that's something that they have to do on their server back end or you know on their their actual their system, system back end that's really going to be affected by yeah but all those people complaining <laughs> at least you get that sweet sweet system stability so over and over and over over and over again um, all right yeah and then um so the, I just wanted to put on here, more changes could be in the beta or the final release. Uh, beta's literally just now coming around, so there may be other things that people find. Uh, and the final release could always have extra stuff. PlayStation tends to do that. By the time that there ends up being the final release, they add another couple of bits. Uh, still, cool to see. Uh, next thing up, longtime Sony, and this is crazy to me that all these people are doing this, but longtime Sony employee and star of many, many, many memes, Ridge Racer! Yep. <laughs> Were you about it, to do it? Well, no, I wasn't about to do it. But I, I just I just love the fact that a parody Twitter spawned off of his personality. And right. It is a right. very great Twitter. And what's cool is that he's he's all right with it. Like constantly oh, yeah, himself no, no. is cool. I, it's funny listening Cost to talk about it. Though. Guy. it. It's not like he's just like happy about it, but he's like, it's gonna happen regardless. So yeah. I try and take Might it. Might as well be a wholesome funny one and not like Yeah. So where are them anime titties at. But yeah, Cause Horizon stepping down as CEO of the company. Uh, he is being succeeded by CFO and deputy president Kenichi uh, Kinichiro, Kinichiro, who knows? Uh, Yoshida, probably, you know. <laughs> who knows if he's any relation to Shuhei? <laughs> no, I, I highly doubt it. Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, excuse you. Uh, but is not leaving the company as a whole. He will remain a director and a chairman with the switch officially happening April 1st, which is not a joke. Uh, it is the start of the Japanese financial year. No fools here. Uh, coincidentally, like we were just talking about, the parody Twitter account uh, that many mistake to be him, which is the most funny part of it, is also ending this year. It's its final year. Uh, almost makes you wonder: is it's it really? Sad. Is it really cause hurrah? Yeah, that, that's 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 a conspiracy there. That that makes sense. <laughs> I, I would like to think that that's true. Him just getting away with everything he wants to say, but he can't because he has to maintain his image. So he yeah. kind of made him make and, and, and in the light of that, he's kind of giving some form of uh, you know like publicity to PlayStation because it's funny. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? That would be a very interesting find. To like in the long run, they, like, they find out they do like an IP address trace, and it's like this is coming from Casarata's <laughs> house. Probably not, you know, but. Oh, well, I can dream. Uh, let's see. Next thing up, and I thought this was super interesting just because uh, the file size of Shadow of the Colossus remake is surprisingly small, coming in at 13.58 gigs. That's Real small. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit bigger, which is even more weird, but that's a little bit bigger than The Last Guardian was. The Last Guardian was like 12.65 gigs. I would argue and say that the, the Shadow of the Colossus, too, is a much grander game in scale. Would you say that? With the amount of space that's in, term, in Shadow compared to in Nah, because there's the because there's way more architecture and stuff going on in the Last Guardian. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But you can get in it. terms of where it's at, in terms of a graphical prowess, Shadow of the Colossus looks oh wait, better wow. art art style wise. I mean, the Last Guardian looks beautiful. Yeah, um, which is kind of like rhyme, but you're not necessarily pushing graphical right. prowess. So. Uh, but sense. game looks beautiful. I think I'm a little surprised because, you know, one of the things about Shadow of the Colossus was to get it to work on PS2. The idea supported 
the framework to, and they were still pushing PS2 a lot. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. one of the ways they were able to do that, like, okay, big barren wasteland with a little bit of architecture. Pretty much the main architecture in the whole game is the temple that you're in. And then there's a couple of like run down small like arcs and little arches and crap, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm a little surprised that it's, uh, what was the, the bridge in that game called? The bridge? Uh, who knows? I don't know. I didn't know if it had an official name that I just couldn't remember. I don't know if it does. I mean, I don't know. It's a bridge. If it gets a name, I mean, are these, uh, what are they called? The people who, <laughs> who like, love items and be like, don't touch Ivan. And then, like, pet the bridge or pet the table. I used Ivan. Shout out to Ryan's uh, Palico. Next thing up on the list. <laughs> I'm being so dumb in this. Uh, the U.S. PlayStation Plus titles for February have been revealed. And, boy, it is time. Finally joining the PS4 lineup is the long-expected Knack. That is a big deal. People have thought Knack was going to be on PS Plus for like three years. As soon as like the first year of PS Plus rolled around from PlayStation 4, they're like, expect to see Knack any day now. And a good four years later... Finally get the game. Three years later, I guess. Uh, finally getting it on there. I'm happy about that. I do think... I agree with a lot of people that it should have been something that came before the sequel came out just to build interest but considering that they botched the release of the sequel anyway and and a lot of people got it for free i don't know if it really would have helped uh it maybe would have helped more people download it for free which would have still kept sales down uh so who knows um but alongside knack is tequila works beautiful puzzle adventure game rhyme like we were just talking about which is cool um i'm not even mad that i just bought it yeah, because it, it was worth the money. It is it just really like is. you know. You, you remember that severed went free right after I bought it. Isn't Rhyme forty retail or thirty retail? <clears throat> right now, if you go to GameStop, you can't. It's twenty. But uh, I think when it launched, it was thirty or forty. Okay, I paid whatever whatever the retail price was when it launched. It's a really good game. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I, I still think it would have been worth that. But I got it on sale for like nine bucks. So even more worth it for me, but yeah, that's what I pay for the order. Um, rounding out the list is Spelunker HD and Mugen Soul Z for the PS3 and. Um, Exiles in and Grand Kingdom, and Grand Kingdom does support cross-buy with PS4. Round out the beta tiles. Uh, these games will be available to download starting February 6th, so if you haven't grabbed the ones for this month currently and you want them, go ahead and go do that. Be quick. Be uh, be nimble. Uh, let's see. Next thing up, two new DualShock colors that look really cool, actually. Join the lineup starting in March. You can pick up the beautifully dark-toned Midnight Blue, which I'm probably actually going to get, uh, or... The gunmetal styled steel black, which actually looks really cool. I really cool like too. the I really like the gunmetal one. Yeah, it looks pretty. They both look cool. I'd like to have both of them, but I can't have a million controllers sitting yeah, around. So. No, there's no purpose. Uh, the upside, and I just wanted to include this because I was getting sick of this, is that neither of them are retail exclusive to any particular carriers. Uh, because that's annoying. Yeah, definitely where we live, it becomes a problem. Uh, next thing up. PS4 continues to boast strong sales numbers as the console was announced to have shipped 60, uh, 76.5 million units total by the end of December, um, <clears throat> which I'm sure is going up. And with the release of all the games they have this year, I'm sure the numbers are going to just fly. Definitely with Spider-Man being exclusive. Um, good on them, you know? Good on them. Uh, next up, North American gamers are in for a treat as Sony is offering a free dynamic theme that is actually really pretty. I got it right before just we went like into that, this. It was really cool. Um, but it's for Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, sadly, it's not as simple as going to PS Store and hitting download, though, which would have been ideal, uh, as you have to click through a link and watch two videos, not all the way through the first one you have to watch, all the way through the second you just have to watch a little bit of, um, and once you are done, you are rewarded with a code for the theme, and uh, I'm going to post the link to that down in the description of the YouTube section and also in the uh, description of the podcast one. I'm probably going to tweet it out, too, just to make sure people can find it. Um, <clears throat> next thing up, uh, East. 
8, Lacrimosa of Dana, has received a relocalization patch for both PS4 and the Vita version of the game. Uh, the, bat, the patch includes changes to the script, item names, in-game terminology, monster and boss names, graphical text, and fully re-recorded dialogue in English, which is really impressive because... They had good voice actors for a couple of the characters, but some of the lines are really awkward, so I'm hoping that they've kind of fixed that. And that gives me an incentive to actually hop back into that game, and that's one that I didn't mean to drop, but accidentally did. I'll probably pick it up on the Switch. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be... The game, It's. I feel like the Switch one's going to be much closer to the Vita one, which has got way bigger load sections. Like, oh, really? So, so, you know, I told you about the original game was like when you're in, a bit, you're in an area on PS4 and you run through like a little barrier that like loads you in the next section. And the loading right. is really quick on PS4. It's a little bit longer on Vita, and the Switch will probably be more close to PS4 in that sense. Right, but, but it's still going to be... Uh, I think the, the way the Vita went was that instead of it being as big an area with these little load... Um, breaks between they put a bunch of those load breaks between so every area is a lot smaller huh so it's not having to load as much in yeah i'll have to check out digital foundry if they do a video on it yeah i would hope they would but i mean definitely for it to be handheld run now though that's the only thing is that the game is obviously going to be made in a way where it's not having to change the way the game is going to load based off of whether it's in handheld right so they're not going to either the game's going to have the breaks even regardless of whether you're docked or not or the game is going to be as big as it possibly can right so we'll see uh next thing up and the last part of the news, and before we go into the main segment, we will roll into the rest of Reader Mail. But to nobody's surprise, or at least not to mine, it was revealed during an earnings call that Star Wars Battlefront 2 sold below expectations in 2017. It still sold impressively, though, uh, as the prediction was for 8 million copies with the game coming up short by less than 1 million. So somewhere around 7.1 to 7.9 million. Um, <clears throat> but for them to have said it, I feel like it's probably likely that it's closer to 7 million. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious to me that this is because of all the microtransaction crap that went down and the way they handled the microtransaction thing, like, you I'm, know, with I'm, their most disliked. I'm proud of people, though, because <clears> they <throat> actually voted with their wallets and didn't buy the game. Well, to an extent. Some people voted with the ability. Well, Seven million difference there, though. No, no. One. Less than one million difference. Oh, I thought I said less than one million. No, 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 no. Like, the, they expected it to sell eight million copies, and oh, it came up short, short. Okay. by less than one million. I was million. really impressed there for a second. No, that would have been insanity. Yeah. I'm going to chalk uh, that up to a lot of video game moms bought it for their kids for Christmas. Probably. I mean, Star Wars is a huge franchise. What oh, are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, and some people don't care. Yeah. Uh, but there are people that are like, no. Uh, but I also think the fact that it, they probably saw a, a boost in sales from turning them off. Some of the people who were like, I'm not going to get it, might have been like, okay, now that they're completely off, I'll buy it. They knew that they were coming back. Yeah. Well, they said they were from the get-go. But still, that's not that surprising to me. But moving on from that is the next piece, which yeah. will lead us into our... Main topic. Main topic. So before we do that, let's crack into this reader mail song. Yes, sir. Let us let us find this. Oh, I got it right here. Look at you. You're quick, man. I oh, am. man. How can I even forget that while I'm topping up news? Far Cry 3 got announced for remaster on PS4. Speaking of which, uh, it's part of the... Uh, when you buy it, you get the entire... Um uh, season pass. No, the, Far Cry Five. The season pass includes the game. So, well, yeah, but that's the inverse of what you're saying. That's a very smart way to do season passes. Yeah. I'll buy season passes that they come with a remaster of the game before it. I'm not going to because I don't normally play the DLC in those games anyway. So my oh, well, I'm saying like you get the game and you get oh, the I, added I, bonus. And when you get it four, you, you get it four weeks early. But yeah. if there is a physical release, which I don't think there will be, I would wait and see. If yeah. there's a physical, I would prefer to just get it standalone as a physical. Personally, I know that's not. It everybody. might be the same price though. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you enjoyed Far Cry 5, you might as well have the DLC just in case. And you know, as, case. you know as well as anybody, it's nothing even against the game no, or the DLCs. I never end up playing DLC. So, uh, I'm the worst. This week we had a lot of influx of <clears throat> do you know the way questions. Yeah, we do. I, I'm going to tell you this much. I don't really get the, the meme. You're a dad. You got, huh? You're a dad, that's why. It's not even that. I just don't get... From what I understand, and I haven't just looked immensely into it, and some of them have made me laugh. Like, I saw one the other day. I haven't seen too many of them, but I saw one which was like, you know, the idea right now that memes have to die within a month, period. Oh, um, yeah. So when, when uh, I think it was yesterday or on the 31st where they had like this movie that's like a, somebody in the military died and they're having a funeral and someone superimposed this, this meme over it all. Well, you know that they say that... Um that uh and it was like he knew the way to our hearts which was pretty funny Chidna's live for 16 years well uh knuckles is 16 years old and his birthday is on february 2nd so rest in peace knuckles as of today oh man that's crazy well more importantly i just don't get what the meme is about my assumption is it's gotten you. big from that vr chat hey, thing. That, that's a that's a uh, i would say i would say huge component of the game i would imagine because as soon as we started talking about that and then i saw this meme i was like why do i feel like this is something that got because somebody was a knuckles and that's probably not what it was but i was like i would i would not be surprised if someone was knuckles on that game and just spoke with a ugandan accent and, and people just I'll ran with you, it i'll show you when we get off of here uh, but yeah uh, i'm gonna go ahead and lie and say i know the way um, uh, I, i've always known the way Saul's always the real the uh, real number one question though from no fate he said, am I right in thinking there's a Metal Gear Solid remake coming to PS4? If so, you may cover this in your weekly news. I would have been keen to know what your thoughts. I didn't hear anything about this in any sort okay, of Okay, so what sense. this is, is what this comes down to, and that's why I didn't even... I tried not to include too many rumors, mm-hmm. and definitely ones that are really just speculative rumors right now, or that I don't feel like I have enough to go off of. Um, Bluepoint? Have been basically hiring for the mess- they've been and hiring and they've also been asking around and kind of talking and getting buzz from what people would like to see them do next. Not even necessarily a remake, just what people would like to see them do next. But they've had a lot of requests for Metal Gear Solid. And if I'm not mistaken, Blue Point did the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Um, so they have just like they did the, the Shadow of the Colossus collection. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that odd for them to step up. They have enough time with the series. They kind of know what what it is. They know the games pretty intimately. Of course, they can pull that knowledge, go together, and they can do a ground up remake of Metal Gear Solid One. Oh, I'm, I'm in for it. Um, if they do, fantastic. I'm okay yeah. with that. Actually, I think that would be really cool because of all the games, the one that doesn't hold up the most, and it still holds up honestly from a gameplay perspective. But the one that graphically needs it the most. Is realistically one. one. And then that's the, uh, I think the last actual rendition of it coming out like as a new game was Twin Snakes on GameCube. Yes, it was. And no, so, Twin Snakes is cool. Actually. No, it's a Twin really Snakes good, really it's good. a really, really good rendition uh, of it. So, I don't know I'm, where I stand on it being better than one. Like, because they're, they're, they are, they are inherently different. They just are. Yeah. And it, here's the question. I like Twin Snakes If, Blue, if Blue Point did a remake, would you want the remake to be more in line with what the ideas and the way they executed things in one were, but well, see, obvious evolutions, or would you prefer it to be the Twin Snakes route? I would, honestly, I'd probably prefer it to be Twin Snakes route, but I wouldn't mind either way. Okay. Because I mean, it's so I, I would hard be curious to, to see what they would do. real Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah. And it's nearly impossible. Like I'm, yeah, I per- could, I'm pretty sure I have it. That would probably Not over here, quite, but in there. Quite a lot, I'm sure. It was part of the PS2 collection they did, which gave it a PS2 style case, but it was still PS1 wrapped. Yeah, I'll show you. It's pretty interesting. Um, um, but uh, next question we have, Richard Rivero: Do you guys want PlayStation to bring their IPs to mobile? How Nintendo's doing? Not really. 
Uh, and I don't mean to insult PlayStation, but other than Crash, I don't really think they have any IPs that would fare well. Well, Crash isn't even their IP, but, well, but, yeah. but strongly, strongly tied to them. But no, actually, like their IPs that could go over, there's a few, but I don't necessarily think they've aged well and would do too terribly well. Personally, uh, I think the few you could try and do, and they've, they've somewhat experimented in this realm, but I don't necessarily think it was on phone, but there was like a run Sackboy run game, which was an endless runner with Sackboy. Right. Honestly, of all of their, uh, of all of their IP that's recognizable, Little Big Planet would probably be the one that would work the best. Um, we've already seen, if I'm not mistaken, Uncharted come to phones. But it was very cartoony, and it came out last year, yeah. uh, and it was like a board g- game where like you move Nathan around. Uh, I don't think a lot of their IPs work very well on mobile, and I think that's because a lot of their IPs ha- are very mature, uh, whereas one of the things about Nintendo is that they have very whimsical, easy to change to what would make good sense on a quick uh, you know, quick to pick up and put down, or easy to just dive yourself into kind oh, of game for phones. Terrible. Oh, it is on phones, right? Okay, that's what I thought, and I hate the art style. Yeah, that's um, so that's another thing. Really is that to adapt to mobile, you have to change art styles, and I think that you'd have a lot of people getting mad at the liberties taken to do so because while it, while Mario is easy for them to, to replicate on a phone, yeah, and and fit a demographic that works, it's very hard to try and make Uncharted a widespread appeal phone game, yeah, uh, without changing the art that's style why because I mean you can't make a realistic phone game it's not going to happen they're going to make uncharted 4 on phones yeah it's not and even happen. it's vicarious visions i think that oh vicarious crash, visions vicarious yeah vash or crash crash would be probably the best one because in a sense you can probably make a crash endless you, run game but that really kind of just becomes temple run it, it moves it's almost the same style yeah of game. but you also just think it moves way too far out of what the series is originally. No, no, I'm just saying like out of the top of my head that can imagine. Yeah, I mean like it, it it could be something and I wouldn't actually put it past Activision, but <laughs> right. Uh, I hope not. I think that the fact that they've actually treated Crash with respect recently is good because yeah. they kind of did not for a long time. So I don't know. I, I would say no. I don't really know that I that I want them to or that it would even I, be a good idea. I'm not a huge phone gaming person. Like I've talked to Richard before about Duel Links. That's really the only game I play. See, my thing is there are rare. games on phones that I have rare, played in and I've enjoyed and they always have to make sense I played the Rayman games on phones uh, so you remember the Rayman UBR style Rayman games which is like Rayman Origins Rayman Legends right. I did not like Legends because it focused way too much on trying to be a rhythm game uh, okay. and I just felt like that pulled so far away from what they did extremely well in Origins uh, which was just extremely pretty extremely good platforming right. with really interesting mechanics uh, I thought Origins was a fantastic game and I couldn't even bring myself to beat Legends so I traded it in um not to, I'm not saying I hate the game, it just wasn't for me. Um, but there was one, I have not played the other one actually, but there was a, uh, not free, it was like 2 or something, but it's called Rayman Jungle Run. And it took the idea of that already 2D Rayman, like Origins was, kept the art style, that UBR uh, art style, which is really pretty. Um, and then changed that to where it was an endless runner. But the way you manipulated the world around you felt decidedly Rayman. And I was like, this feels true to what the series is while still making sense to be a phone game. And the levels are short enough that you can kind of run through them. They're hard to master. And there's a lot of collectibles, which is just like what the Origins thing was, where you have to do things just perfect to get certain things and you unlock stuff as you go through. Great idea. It felt like a game that could have been on console. Hmm. just to fit that style Never and I like it. that and then the other games I think do thrive well on phones since we're breaking off into that side real quick um, certain puzzle games do really well on phones there's a game for uh, and I played it like two three years ago now but it's called um, 
Oh, Lord, little Lord. Monument Valley. Uh, and it's really pretty. And they came out with Monument Valley, too, and I mean to play it. I have not gotten around to it yet. Uh, but they are perspective switch games where you have to pull perspective around to get things to line up. And when it lines up, it's like some of Rhyme. Yeah. But way more complicated. Uh, where you like line things up and then they visually connect and then you can do different things. Uh, Monument Valley is a really cool game and it's not very expensive. Uh, I, I really want to check out too. It's got a cool art style too that is basic, but it fits the phone style well. Uh, and I don't feel like it's necessarily taxing on the system. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. So when I used to work at the hospital and would have a little bit of downtime, I would play phone games uh, because it was easier than like bringing my Vita and getting lost in a game on accident. Right. So yeah, I mean, Nintendo just. It's I, it's easy for me to imagine a Yoshi game or a Toad game, yeah, or a Mario game. Their characters or a Kirby can kind of lend well to that style. Yeah, they can do a lot within their realms, and it also helps that a lot of their games are platforming based, right? So yep. when you have platforming based, that just translates well to phone. Uh, whereas something like Crash Bandicoot being specifically always having a very three D platforming effect, yeah, anything you do that just tracks away from that starts to look kind of, eh. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. So, Makes it, it makes complete sense. I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't bring the it wouldn't bring the console crowd to phone, and the phone crowd wouldn't necessarily embrace it. So, hmm. well, our last question comes up from our boy Ryan. Do you think you should? I should engage in an effort to get Capcom to either a <laughs> I love this question. allow me to release captured pets in Monster Hunter World, b give my dung beetle dung so he can roll it around my room, or c should I just get it? Should I just get over that he's miserable without nothing to do and stop feeling sorry for him? Um, funnily enough, that's not a word, but, or actually funnily is a word, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, it just sounds weird when you say it. Forbes made an article today about, um, animal cruelty and monster hunter. Really? Yeah. He wasn't super, he, he said he loves monster hunter. He's still going to keep playing it, but that there's something there that we need to pay attention to. And it's talking about animal, the way that monsters are treated. And I found it incredibly funny. I was very surprised that it is not a April's full article. Because Forbes, video game journalism is already terrible at this point. And Forbes is probably the well, worst one of the Well, I don't even consider Forbes to be video game journalists, nor well, do I feel like they should like really this. be in the face. But this is more they like, try. this is like, I don't want to say it's sensationalism, but it, to an extent, it's trying to be. Now, I get what Ryan was saying, because, but this is what I also like about the game, what games have the ability to do. So, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to say if you actually, well, I, I agree with you. I honestly think that you should. Try and have some sort of campaign to ask because I mean, why not? The game lets you do all these other wild things. Why not just release the animals that you caught that you feel? I mean, it gives you more of a sense of control of your playthrough if you can capture the monsters, do tests, and, and like, and it'd be even more interesting. But it it wouldn't look well on paper if you could choose to capture monsters, do non-invasive tests on them to learn more about them, and then release them back in the wild. That would be kind of like cool. what we do. That would be really interesting. Uh, but I think I, I actually I got what Ryan was saying. I was like, I like the games have the ability to make you feel like this. He he was talking about when he's playing. He's like, you know, I captured this dung beetle. He's like, and I didn't really think anything of it because then I go back to my base. And the dung beetle's just laying over there. It's like when I found him, he was happy and rolling through poop. Yeah. He's like, but now he's got nothing. Yep. He's just sitting there. And he's talking about like the, the bear off that he captured. He's like, it just lays on a platform and sleeps because it can't do anything. Yep. I was like, that is kind of sad. Just you know? Don't, just don't capture the animals, I don't guess. Because at that point, they're only trophies, right? You can't actually. 
Well, yeah, but the whole idea is that you capture them so that they can study them. But is that bad? And see, I like that the game forces you to think about the morality of what you're doing and where you choose to believe that your group of people is doing. Like, do you want to believe that you're leading a group of people who only wants to understand the animals so they just capture them in a humane way to try and understand the animals more? I think they do. And see, but at least in this world, but it's just perspective too, right? You know what I mean. So, with that being said, I mean, I think that it would make a really cool extra layer to the game, uh, and I would like to see you push for it because I think that that is something that maybe they see. Maybe nobody thought about it, but now that we're actually playing the game, you're rolling through, and you can have these kind of feelings about it. I think it shows a lot about you know games can be more than they were originally intended to be, and I think that's really cool. Now, whether Capcom is responsible for adding anything is not necessarily, but I would I would like to see them embrace that and even embrace the idea of a pacifist run where you could capture these monsters, understand them, release them, and still move your way through the game. That'll be weird. I think that's, that kinda, that's not really what Monster Hunter is, though. Well, that's actually what Ryan was kind of originally doing, I think, until he realized he was getting sad by capturing everything. <laughs> he was talking about doing a, a completely pacifist run where you don't kill anything. You capture everything. And you still get the rewards from the mission from it. That would be super interesting. I, bet, I wonder if that's a trophy. I, I so, really, really doubt hard. it, but it would be crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that'd be really interesting myself. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of where I stand on it. So, no, Ryan, Ryan, push. Push for it, man. I mean, if nothing else, at least push for them to give you dung to let your beetle roll around. Yeah. In. You know what I mean? It's, it's small things. Work with us, Capcom. <laughs> well, why don't you take us to the main topic, Brad? I'm going to stretch right. real quick. Uh, okay, go ahead, Stretch. You always got to stand up during the podcast like you're some kind of wild man or something. Sure do. Bear Grylls. What a, what a name. Bear Grylls. I'm sure it is. Like, hey, I'm going to be a wild man. Let's call me Bear Grylls because, you know, bears are in the wild. And Grylls, people think about the outdoors because everybody likes to grill outdoors. <laughs> oh. You. Excuse me. Anyway, uh, okay, get back to the final piece of news that's going to segue into our main topic, or at least, you know, a main topic, see how far it takes itself, because I want to I talk about this and then spin it into something else. Um, but Battlefront 2, uh, EA have announced that microtransactions are coming back to the game in the coming months, though no details were shared on how and if they have changed at all or if they plan to change them at all. So it's very weird notice. Now, two things that I think are interesting with this. With the announcements that microtransactions were coming back, with also the fact that they are not doing as bad as the the consumer perception would be, um, led their stock prices to soar. Their start prices are doing very of, of well. Of course, yeah, because they're about to start call. making money again. Yeah, and see, that's what they were talking about. Even if a very, very small amount of the player base uh, for Star Wars start to dig into these microtransactions, they still stand to make a large amount of revenue from that. Uh, so with that being said, though, I... I <sighs> I don't like the fact that they are not being... They shouldn't have mentioned microtrans. I, I get from a business perspective why they've done it. It makes more sense to make... Like to reinvent... Uh, or actually to reassure investors that this one game and that their image as a whole is not going to completely be ruined by this. They can return... Uh, not even return, but they can... Because they, they're profitable. Right. You know, but, but uh, they can return to what... Like EA became, EA's been known many a times to be the one of the most hated publishers. Of you know, course, like one, yeah. one, one of the one of the worst companies, right? Uh, um, the worst video game company. They get voted that all the time. Of course, um, yeah, it's completely. And it's not even just video game. They, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, they they were voted the worst company 
Not even specific to video games one time. I think Walmart has had that for a long time now. Who knows? But EA's been EA's been hit with a lot of complaints, obviously. Um, and they they do a lot of things that I don't agree with. I do feel like they they created something, or actually they allowed Visceral to create something amazing with Dead Space just to try and push their agenda too hard on it. And they made what still ended up being a fantastic game series, but probably could have been one of the best game series ever if they would have just let the dreams go. But it is a business. I understand where they're coming from. It's just unfortunate from a gamer side where you want to see the game thrive as best right. you can. But as a gamer, first, not a consumer, as a gamer, first, and I, I really love this when World End said it the other day. As a gamer, you have to be in the mindset that you want the business to succeed. Because if the business does not succeed, you are not going to get games anyway. So is it really yeah. worth going over, you know, it's not saying that you can't mention that, that companies are doing things that are unsavory to you. But in the long run, you do have to realize that as long as the decisions are going to be fiscally good for them and still be good for the gaming group as a whole, uh, if we can kind of find that middle ground, we're doing honestly better as a whole than if we just let games come out that are all art. Uh, PlayStation does this really well with balancing how many games that they do. They, they talk about like only a couple of games. Um, Make all the money for the, to cover the rest of their games that don't actually hit the numbers that they would require otherwise. Right. And that's how they kind of flow doing games that like The Last Guardian and stuff like that, that allow them to be, to make an artistic statement and be like, this is what we love about gaming. But as a business, here's our smart business decision in Horizon and Uncharted and The Last of Us and these big games that are still very great games and do things beautifully, but are obviously looked at and marketed in such a way that they are going to make the money back. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing. Uh, I just wish they would be very clear with what they intend to do with these microtransactions because even though they're a business, they stand to gain more by going, microtransactions are coming back. It's still going to make our stock prices soar. But for the players who this is actually going to affect and who are going to be giving us that money, this is what we plan to do or at least attempting to do to for make you. them better. And we want to continue listening to feedback so that we can adjust these until they are the closest semblance of perfect that they can be. Right. And I don't feel like they've done that yet. That doesn't mean they won't do it because they have months. But the fact that they announced it in this fashion must have been their hand being forced by the fact that there was an earnings call and they had to do something to to basically reassure investors that money was going to be coming back in, uh, which did help them. Obviously, they got a good influx of stock. Uh, their stock prices went up and got healthy because of that. Good for them. Mm -hmm. I'm not against that. So, but where where do you stand on the microtransactions coming out? Are you kind of in the same boat as me, or do you have your own thoughts on it's, that? It's pretty much the same. Just keep paying a win out of it. I'm fine. Yeah. So you know, we talked about it a lot. Uh, right now, from what we understood, you know, if they don't change at all. Pay to wins is, is deeply ingrained. Right. So if they change, we can, we've talked about it plenty of times, like what we would like to see, and I know that I definitely agree with this, if there's going to be microtransactions at all, I would prefer to see the microtransactions be in a nature that's more in the Overwatch vein of things, where it's just, uh, it's really about letting people who love the game want to just say, hey, I like this skin, or I like this weird superlative thing that isn't necessarily cool sometimes they're goofy like you know like there's a lot of overwatch stuff i've seen where people are like where it's just goofy or weird and they're like i, I just kind of like it because you know it's just interesting to me it doesn't yeah, have to it, be it the coolest thing in the world yeah. exactly it's got a charm like which is one of the things that monster hunter is doing so well these it weird is. little charming things about the game so uh and and what's funny is monster hunter has microtransactions but nobody's complaining because from what i understand do they yeah you can buy haircuts and stuff like that 
Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, because like yeah, some of them are free, but yeah, cosmetics right now. I don't know past that, but my point is, obviously, Monster Hunter with microtransactions is not getting beat over the coals. You know, yeah, I mean? they're I, not. Yeah, they're, I don't. I don't. I'm, and I'm glad because I don't think any game with microtransactions should, unless they're pay to win, because it gives the developer that much more money. And am I? And, and I agree. Yeah, it, they it, need the. It works well because you know a need, but it's good for the income for the people that buy the game used from GameStop a month later. You know, they may invest the amount of money, you know, a couple of dollars here and there into the game, and you know, make up for the money that they did. Yeah, so, so Capcom didn't see it, uh, the money when they bought it from GameStop used, but they're seeing it now and these microtransactions, and that's kind of how that works out really well. Just make them fair. That's the only problem is that you know. Skins, you know, stuff like you said, haircuts, outfits, stuff like that's fine. But now, like, and I do say we talked about this in a, in a chat the other day, and they've even mentioned it when talking about the microtransactions. Of the reason they went the route they did is because of the fact that they are dealing with a canon that they did not create, and that people they they feel like people would drag them over the coals. I, I keep using that, but they feel like people would would be up in arms. If they let you play as a pink Darth Vader, I honestly, no joke, I honestly think that more people would like the idea of being able to be that goofy. Oh, yeah. Or cool. You know, like, do something that's weird but cool. Like, pink Darth Vader just for people who want to be goofy, right? I mean, it'd be cool to see, like, like a battle scar. Like, dude, like, I'm, I'm running around murdering people in a pink, yeah, like, it's, a it's, hot It's like pink. a fun, insulting way to kill people. Yeah, just to be ridiculous. And then on like, the this serious, is supposed to be this brooding, ominous man, and I'm wearing bright pink. And on, like, the serious side of things, it'd be cool to have, like, I don't know, like, a battle scar invader suit running around or like see or yeah or small skins like okay our skins that even make sense like so maybe luke with his robotic hand yeah exactly or, or, or you know or luke with his hand before it gets cut off that too well yeah i think they they kind of implement gloves those black gloves and you can't really tell but it'd be cool to have you know difference either way specifically with that yeah yeah but there's ways so like that's one way that i feel like they could do it i mean you could have here's luke but now you can or you can do specific skins for luke this is going to be the last jedi luke this is going to be um this is going to be pre-sequel Luke. This is, you know, I think that's interesting. I mean, I don't know how else they could work it in in a, in a way that would be, see, that's a way to do it within the, within the lore and the canon. But for them to do it otherwise, like, I do think I'd still like the idea of being able to see, like, carbon fiber Vader. That'd be kind of dope. Well, would? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess mean, I'm so. just saying, like, in the idea of, like, grand scheme of stuff that wouldn't look wouldn't look ridiculous. Well, I mean, and, and especially in these kind of games, all the stuff you're doing is non-canon anyways. So you might as well right? spice Right, so why are you worrying bit. about the canon? Yeah. Um, I mean, don't I don't get, know. Don't Definitely in multiplayer. I mean, why are we going to talk about canon and we're not even talking about the fact that you can play as people who didn't even exist in the timeline well, I mean. at the same time? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much what I mean by canon. Um, so, but I mean, see, my whole thing is, too, is that, like, you don't want to dance too too hard on on cannon's grave like you don't want to throw in like skins on the blasters and stuff that you could add from like that's that's something you know i wouldn't want but having like a cool blaster set that has like laser marks on the side for me getting shot in battle and stuff that stuff's really really cool to me um yeah yeah and there's a way you can implement it without it being too you know comical and stuff because comical uh, and charm that stuff works really really well for esports games well, yeah, but why not just why not options? You know what I mean? The well, people, yeah, no, I'm not saying that. They yeah, because be. so the people I'm who want like, to buy oh, the people who want to buy goofy Vader things or goofy Luke things or whatever it be can, and then people who don't don't have to worry about it. And I'm, I know they're just trying to cover their asses. You know that's what yeah. they're doing. Uh, and they also it gave them a, a pretty excuse me a pretty sound reason as to why they were implementing microtransactions the way they were. But I thought it was unsavory as a whole. Um, well, Saul, do you have any other thoughts on this? Because I'm going to kind of 
Go ahead we and stay with the Assad topic because Assad topic is what's interesting. Okay, so where I kind of want to well, go. We with talked this. about microtransactions a lot before. Y'all probably Haven't heard me we? say I hate pay to win 150 times by now. Especially yeah, Ryan and John and all of our uh, people who play with us on, uh, like RJ, everybody who plays yeah, PSN with y'all us. Y'all don't know, as soon as you hop into a party chat, literally it's just Saul on repeat going, I hate pay to win microtransactions. Or and then they go, hey, hey, Saul, how are you doing? I, you know, I hate pay to win microtransactions. Or what was the passcode? 55721? I thought it was a random number. <laughs> it's so and random I, number, and, and but by it's the way, I hate pay to win microtransactions. How do you spell I hate microtransactions on a pin pad? That's the, that's the passcode, Ryan. That's my Monster Hunter passcode. I, I H eight M T X. Yeah. Or just eight M T X. Hate microtransactions. <laughs> There you go. That's we what's going to be. That's I, I got to figure out what that is on a pin pad real quick. Because figure it out. That's literally what my uh, thing will always be. Okay. It's going to be literally the number eight because, you know, eight. And then six, eight, <laughs> nine. Eight, six, eight, nine. Okay, cool. There we go. Now you have it. Uh, if anybody wants to join Monster Hunter for Saul, you know the password eight, now. Eight, six, eight, nine. Um, anyway, so where I want to kind of stem off from that... Um, was the idea that Battlefront 2, and I'm not going to say bad, because I, A, I haven't played it. I didn't like Battlefront 1, but it's also not trying to do anything just ridiculous. It's trying to be a multiplayer experience, and I'll give it that. If, if people enjoy it, that's cool. But as a whole, a conversation that me and Ryan were having, and I've talked about it a lot myself, is that I don't understand why licensed games feel like they, ha- they need to do something just extremely ridiculous. There are very few games that are from licensed franchises that come out and are actually really good and unique. Right. And it happens and like and it happens in a such a way that when you think about the franchise you inherently think about how good that was on top of it, not how bad that was on top of it. You know what I mean? And for a while it got awful. Like when every Disney Pixar movie and Dream uh, and um, DreamWorks movie was getting made into a game that was like really mediocre with an easy platinum. Oh man, there's a PS2 game that was I can't think it's a Snow White game. Have you ever heard of that one? Oh god, you no. do not know. It's now, you know you, you know about Hannah Montana though, right? And all the grown men who played it just to get that easy platinum. See, uh, my name is Mayo is one thing, but Hannah Montana is another, and it's not another for me. <laughs> if you like Hannah Montana and you had the platinum, great. If you literally hate Hannah Montana and you suffered through it Annie, just to have a platinum, Annie was wanting me to download for shame. a PS2 emulator so we could download Shrek. A Shrek video 2. game? I didn't yeah. know there was a video game for that. I didn't either. Okay, but moving on. The whole point is that you constantly see big licensed franchises being put into games in a way that doesn't make sense for gamers and doesn't even make sense for people necessarily who would come in. It, it, I get the idea to try and bridge two mediums together. Yeah. And you try and pull the fan base of one medium into certain mediums for the first time or into mediums they don't normally do. In this case, it'd be people who normally play movies who have never played games, possibly playing games for their first time, or people who usually watch movies and very occasionally play games, dipping into games because of this franchise. Right. Um, that should be a match made in heaven, just like... Actually, I'm not going to say just like games that get turned into movies because that never i don't even i don't even like that idea i think i don't i don't know if there is one that's been really really good um, I, i've heard that prince of persia wasn't bad oh movie wise yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well anyway um with uh, there's a very small number of games that i've personally played that i feel like have hit the mark in such a way that i will always remember them for that so one of the games that first really really made me a believer because while some of them have been fun do i think about them in a positive light because they had an effect on me or just because of nostalgia one of the first games that i was like this is fun but it's not good in any necessary way uh was back on ps2 and that was the uh lord of the rings the two towers oh so not even like 
Well, I don't guess it really counts, but I'll say Spider-Man on PS1. Yeah, and, and I mean, I played, again, though, while they were fun at the time, I at, at that age, I wasn't thinking about the fact that, you know, th- this is extremely tied to a different medium. Yeah. By the time I got around to playing the Two Towers, I was that, at least somewhat That was uh, RTS, cognitive. wasn't it? It's one. Two towers? two towers? No, it was an action game. Oh. Yeah, and it was actually not... Like, again, it was fun. Yeah. Like, me and Trace played it together. My, Trace and my brother. Um, and we played the hell out of the game. I mean, it was fun, but it was not a good game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it touted a line that at least it was fun. It's fun because it's Lord of the Rings. And oh, not- it was fun because the combat wasn't bad. Oh. But the story was not... I mean, the story oh. was awfully told. And it was... I mean, it was a PS2 game trying to do what really couldn't be done on ps2 yeah uh, outside of the way the combat worked it just the story did not flow well and it wasn't really told well and even though it was a retelling of the movie story it left it just did not feel complete in any way but it was fun so it was worth the time that we put into it the first time i played a game and i've also learned a lot i don't think that, uh, that any licensed franchise and i'll at least give star wars this for doing battlefront no licensed franchise should ever be trying to retell the same thing as the movie i don't think it works it's worked in one in one form of a game that i've seen and it was it was and it, 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 it rides the line but it was episode three of star wars for ps2 see i didn't play that one, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave that out was it ps2 i guess it had it was ps2, PS2. Yeah. it was ps2 cool thing was you, i didn't play it but i knew somebody. oh it's good and uh or it was fun back then i don't know how it is how it stands up again now. see nostalgia paints in a weird right way, but i do know though that when you can literally kill obi-wan so so bad that he doesn't that mustafar doesn't happen the way it normally happens and then you you're not darth vader you look just like anakin skywalker yeah and then you kill the emperor and then you're like i'm running things now it was really cool in, really, in terms really cool. of shock value, that's out there. Yeah, so you just you just kill Obi Wan completely, <laughs> and you don't get burned up. You don't get the Vader suit. You're still Darth Vader. And then when uh, Palpatine hands you his lightsaber, you just take the lightsaber and you kill him with it. So it's one of those games that it, <laughs> we're getting off tangent here, but it's one of those games that the boss fight is so hard with Obi Wan. I'm assuming that you feel like you're I supposed don't to lose. It being hard, like that's the thing is that, like I don't remember the, I don't remember how it happened. Or was it supposed to be that if you played the game after you watched the movie, you thought you had to die to him, so you just let yourself die? I don't. Re- I can't remember. That'd be interesting. I, I, I do remember there was some weird circumstance. Maybe you had to do replay the mission that you did. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that one was a fun one. Maybe like a second playthrough thing. Like the first playthrough, you have to die, and unless the play the story roll through normal, and that's the second yeah, playthrough. that's a, that, oh, like chapter select or something. That'd be interesting. Uh, but okay, so I'll, I'll give you that one. I didn't play the game, so I have no reason for that one. But the first game that really pulled me, and I'd heard a lot about it, but I did not have an Xbox at the time. By the time I got an Xbox, the only game I could I wanted to play and that I could afford because it got given to me. I didn't have to pay anything for it, so the Xbox was Fable. Love that game. Yeah, that's a good um, game. But I didn't play Xbox much outside of that, so um, I missed the game. But then they announced that they were making a new one a couple years later, that, and that was Chronicles of Riddick. And that was Assault on Dark Athena was the PS3 360 game. In that, they announced they were going to do an HD remake, not even remaster, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. So don't promise anything there. But an HD version, that's what we're going to call it, of Chronicles of Riddick, Assault, I mean, Escape from Butcher's Bay. It was a wholly original story set in an area that you at least knew because of the movies. So it wasn't like a made-up area. You're like, okay, this is cool. And it took liberties in ways that made sense with the character yeah. and made it make sense as a game. And the style of gameplay was perfect. It was first person. It's a stealth game. Uh, there was shooting, 
but the way the guns worked was like there was something up like if, if you used them for too long they wouldn't work uh, it was very weird a lot of the game was about hiding being smart you had and I may be wrong on the guns I may be bleeding a little bit of dark sector into here because it has been since Assault on Dark Athena came out that I played this game I still have it been meaning to replay it um, but it's a stealth game kind of like Dishonored and those kind of games where you you, it, you stand to gain more by being stealthy right uh, and it has really satisfying combat that first person uh, zone had an actually pretty cool story with characters you with minor characters or whatever you want to call them from the game from the movies um that made appearances, but also a lot of original characters. Uh, it was just a really interesting take, and it played well. Cool story, looked beautiful. It had every pillar you'd really want in bringing it over without feeling like it was stepping on what the movies were. Right. And it felt it, wholly it additive to the world. Universe. Exactly. It felt wholly additive to what you already knew, and you feel like it existed alongside it without any issues. Uh, Assault on Dark Athena, I did not end up playing it through as well because. My time, I played it directly after and I got a little bit of burnout. Uh, and I never did go back. I still, I have it. I may, I may jump in and try it again. It was still fun, but I was kind of just, like, in terms of like the combat was similar, but I was kind of just done with the experience at the time. Uh, I may go back and try that, but those are games that I feel like are perfect examples. Other examples, and it's funny, we're talking about Star Wars, that I actually feel like were at least okay examples, and it follows what I talk about where it needs to be something original that gives you a reason to want to play it because it's something you don't already know. Yeah. How did you feel about Star Wars, um, oh lord, Republic Commando. No, 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 no. Um, where you play a Star Killer? Huh? Oh, not, Force uh, Unleashed. Yeah, Force Unleashed. Thank you. Um, they were good. I played all of them. I did they not play. Really I did not beat two. Two looks beautiful and played extremely well, but I heard so many bad things about it, and I worked uh, where I did not make enough money at the time, so I just skipped it. Um, I played uh, Force Unleashed one though, and that game was phenomenal. I remember I had the demo for 360, and I played that a lot. It felt it like, and out. see, and that's the thing. I remember watching the, the the interviews at the time, and you could tell the team working on it was really passionate. It wasn't just a team hired to make a game, especially Sam Whitman, who's uh, in Days Gone. Yeah, you know, he yeah. was the bad. He was Star Killer. He's I say bad guy. He was. And the again, see, you're you're adding on to characters we already know. Kind of, yeah. Again, like, yeah, yeah, you're getting you have, you're yeah, Vader getting and Palpatine in more there. time with Vader and Palpatine, but the story doesn't just revolve around them. It's really taking you in the in, in a new direction, but it includes people that you already knew. Just like in Riddick, you played as Riddick, right? But Riddick is already kind of a mysterious character anyway. So learning more about him through this game felt good. In that game, the the little bit more you did learn about um, Darth Vader and necessarily how he was willing to, and it felt like a decidedly Vader thing to do, where he was willing to hide the fact that he had a protege. Uh, yeah, he had a pr- apprentice. So I mean, that's I, I liked where that went with the story. So. Again, why, uh, like, you know, a lot of people are like, we just don't need licensed franchises. But then we have right around the corner, Spider Man, which looks to be an amazing take. Right. And it's not trying to see, like, Amazing Spider Man 1 actually did attempt to do some of what I was talking about. Were those, were it both tried those to free be, roam? yes, they were okay. both open world. And they brought back what people loved about the open world with swinging all around the city and the swinging felt Ooh, good. my balloon. <laughs> the swinging felt really good oh though gosh. in those games, and actually one of the things I liked about too was the ability to swing with the right and left analog, and you actually use your right and left hand. And that's kind of cool. And they made a rule where if there's not a building or something for your web to sling onto, you can't swing. Whereas that's the first really Amazing cool. Spider-Man, it was just uh, any sloop, Spider-Man in the game air. was like you shoot up, just randomly up in the air, and it's it's there, and you're there. So I like that they actually made a nod and Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. He was running through that park, and he and shot, it didn't have and it just shot out, and it then just went on the ground. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I stand. It's like, 
They're taking it. So while Beanox tried their best, what they did with Amazing Spider-Man 1 and even 2 is like Amazing Spider-Man 1 was a direct sequel to the movie. Better idea than trying to replicate the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it allowed them to bring characters that weren't in the movie in for side fights, like for different boss fights. Yeah. Um, and that's why I felt like it was such a step in the right direction. And it was trying to look at what Batman did with a longer development time and it was like, can we do that in a shorter period of time and then at least be somewhat successful? And they were, in my opinion. And then they just, I don't know what happened with Amazing Spider-Man 2. It did not roll the same. But you the said same, Batman. Oh, oh, sorry. I meant to say as Batman. If they had the same, they the people at uh, Beanox looked at Batman and were like, can we replicate this style and level oh, of quality you, okay. with a franchise that's licensed See, because Batman's another one of those examples. Batman is a perfect example of a game that got taken care of, and as a result, it is one of the most like, best-selling franchises in the game out there. Yeah, you know, what I mean, in terms of like, it's it's actually probably one of the best licensed franchises, and we're seeing more and more of it uh, because right. we saw it with Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, and Shadow of War. These are two games set in a universe that we know and we love, but they decided to move this in a fashion that was like, we're going to do something original that we have we have liberties that we can take without completely pissing people off. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but anything involving the Tolkien estate is free game, right? You can make anything you want and license it without, I don't know if you need approval, but I think that... I still think you need approval, but well, no, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But Warner Brothers has that has the the rights to that. Um, I, I thought that I read somewhere one time that Tolkien said that you can use any of his work, uh, you can use anything from his work to create your own work, and you he he gives you permission. I could be wrong. That may be another series I'm thinking of. I don't know. That'd be kind of wild. But my point being is, that it's it's a wholly original experience. So I mean, like. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm glad it's not as bad as it was in the PS3 days, where we were literally PS2 seeing. Days. Yeah, PS2 as well. But where we were seeing literal franchises being crapped all over, uh, and sometimes it was just things that you didn't feel like, like the Mega Mind game on PS3. I'm like, why did that even need to yeah. exist? Uh, we're seeing less and less of that, but I want to see more and more of franchises being treated with the respect that Batman got. Of course, that they attempted, like, like Beanox attempted with Spider-Man, and that we see Insomniac actually looking go, like they're coming through on. Going on the Star Wars side again is that. You know they have they have the Battlefront games, and they've always been for the most part the same games, taking out DLC microtransactions and stuff. But um, another thing that most you mean, Star Wars you games, mean from the original Battlefront? I'm talking about I'm talking about the entire Battlefront name. Yeah, Starting I'm talking about, about PS2. When, talk about now. Yeah, you feel they're still the same basic idea, right? Yeah, and um, and then you had uh, Jedi Academy, which was great. And then you had uh, Jedi Academy. Was that an Xbox it was a game? GameCube game, or game? at least wait. Oh, probably a multi-platform. Je- Jedi Academy, or is it? Um, See, because Knights of the Old Republic was an Xbox exclusive, wasn't it? Wait, what? Knights of the Old Republic was an Xbox exclusive. PC and Xbox, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, as a console side, it was Xbox exclusive. Um, uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast is what I'm thinking of, and Jedi Academy is a game too. Didn't play that one. But uh, and then you have Knights of the Republic. You have Republic Commando, which was fan. Yeah, Star Wars thankfully tastic. has actually been more in the better side because I thought even though I don't know if Knights a, of the Old Republic was good. I, and then you know when I bought my PS2, my I played PS, that way after my PS2 came with a game. And I don't know the name of it now, but it's like it was a Starfighter. It might be called Star Wars Starfighter, Starfighter Assault, maybe I don't know. But you're in a Starfighter. The game was really good. Star Wars Bounty Hunter was really good. You know, it's rare to see a licensed film series that has this many good games, whereas most games that are translated from a movie or book series are garbage. 
you know, Harry Potter games weren't bad by any means. Like, a, a I didn't actually Harry play Potter the games. real ones, but I will say now that we're talking about it, uh, one of the other people that do it well within the confines of what they're setting out to do are the Lego people. So Traveler's oh, Tales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, you know, Lego Lord of the Rings is apparently really good, too. Yeah, see, I've not played any of them. Um, I played Lego Star Wars, and I, I downloaded the demo for The Force Awakens, didn't play the actual game, but they're they're not bad. Uh, they're not bad games, but um, I will say that in other terms of like toy style games, um, based on movies, of course, Toy Story games were always fun to me. I don't know if you ever played those. Uh, I played the ones way back. I, we were talking about that Buzz Lightyear Star Command game that really was only fun because I was young and stupid. Okay, nostalgia paints that one. It's not a good game. I know that. Yeah, that's not the game I'm thinking of. Either. I will say that there's a there's a, there's a super we're just going off on of weird games, but there's a Taz game that I talked about. I think at one point in time yeah, on the podcast. Remember, yeah, I think it was the first episode. Uh, probably it was a it was a really fun game. It was like Taz Most Wanted or something like that. Uh, really fun. I love that game. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you're given the permission to do something with uh, a universe, and you're tasked with that that huge. Huge opportunity. I guess to fail is, is it succeed. really tasked or because tasked? I guess is some of the developers are I would, being asked. I would, but I would consider it that when you are announced what you're doing, that every fan of the game that you're making you to and make fan game. of the series, they're pretty much tasking you to do it right. They're they're saying you know don't screw this up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, hu- a huge proponent against licensed games though it just i'm not a huge proponent against right. them. i just feel like we've seen way too many that were done just awfully right yeah. and i know people have talked about this ad nauseum before uh but it's not something we've really dug into uh, it's not something i've heard a lot of people do i just know that's a subject that's really easy to, to hop into which is the state of licensed games and they're way better now than they've ever been because there's not as many of them i think that they've realized that gaming is its own medium and that it doesn't have to be fluffed by these stupid games just to try and make money off the name of something does the burger king game count <laughs> what is it even called whopper uh no it's like the something king king of whoppers wasn't it no god what it, it was a 360 game yeah uh, and it was like a wasn't it like a dirt bike racing game i think it was like a trials style game those are super fun by the way I don't I'm think I'm going to tell you what it's called. The oh, there was Sneak King. Sneak King. That's what I'm thinking of. And then there was Pocket Bike Racer. And Pocket Bike Racer is the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Pocket Bike Racer was kind of like Trials, I think. I might be wrong, but Sneak King was super weird. The Stealth fact game. that these games even existed. Yeah. Good yeah. marketing on their part. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's games in the franchises that are licensed that can be done well. Uh, but Spider-Man looks like the turn of people really reaching out i'm glad that they spider-man seems like an obvious look at batman and being like we need this. batman could do it why yeah. can't we do it and i mean that you saw you, like i say you saw Beanox attempt it but now you're saying insomniac bring that home or at least it looks like they are hopefully so so what other things can we see come in and really do well who knows yeah. I, i'm excited to give find me, out give me the none of this star wars what is it called star wars um Knights of the Old Knights of the New Republic, the online game. Oh, it's it's the MMO. Don't give me nothing that like that. Give me a Star Wars game where I create a character and I get to build his backstory. I get to go to a Kyber cave and, and find a Kyber crystal and make my own lightsaber. That'd be and pretty stuff dope. And have the you know like a skill tree of force powers and then have the combat of Force Unleashed. Okay. I will sink money. I, I would into be down that. for that because the combat in Force Unleashed was really satisfying. Oh, it was. It, it was really, really was. I can't tell you how many times that I have picked up a stormtrooper and waited for a ship to pass overhead, just hold him up there, <laughs> just like there you go, little buddy. Like I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm gonna let you watch me just stand here while you're about to get hit by you know a Tie Fighter or you know 
whatever it could have been. Pretty sure it's the top fighters. They okay, well, but to end the to end the topic, if there was one and I, I, one thing I want to say before I end the topic uh, with with this last question, but this this does not mean I want a slew of franchise games coming through. Like you know, I don't I do not want licensed games no, just taking yeah. over. I just don't want to see licensed games unless they are good. Okay, uh, that's that's where I stand. I, I still prefer the idea of new IP or expanding on IP that's still relatively new that has a lot of room to grow. Um, or I'm a, I, I now because we're seeing it. I am in. I'm liking what we're seeing with God of War, which is not being afraid to take a franchise and break it apart and pull it back together in ways that are familiar but still wholly different. Right. And really, God of War the is extremely... They are being really Speaking of which, we risky did, we with did the, miss something in the news that, uh, that you just said God of War. I'm sorry to cut you off, but God of War has optional bosses. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I watched that. Again. I didn't watch nothing because I ain't watching nothing about this game that I haven't already seen. Oh, no. I only watched the interview with, with uh, okay. Corey, but that's what I was saying. Okay. Like, I was small thinking, stuff. I ain't watching nothing. Yeah, no, but Corey I do. Optional blonde. bosses is cool, Did man. you see, though, that somebody did point out in the uh, comparison pictures that it looks like that the axe that has like the, the tree on it, that could be your skill tree? That would be dope. That would be very dope. And whenever you go to upgrade, sick. you pull it up or whatever. Well, I was gonna say you pull. You're looking at the axe, and then as you're you walking, set runes it, it lights in? up. Yeah, like it light, like it lights and spreads. That'd Who knows? Be sick. That would be pretty cool. Uh, okay, but anyway, so yeah, I like that idea. That's pretty bold. Reusing Kratos, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Taking Kratos and going, how can we continue to use this character and actually do something new with him? And they did it. Um, so, Saul, final question of the podcast. For oh, El Tabib. What happened? We missed El Tabib again. Where, where, where was that Elspid, at? Whatever it is. Um, on Twitter. Well, we'll get to that before we actually end the podcast. So it won't be the last question, but to finish out the topic, Saul, if you had one franchise that. that you could make a licensed game for... Star Wars. Really? Yep, I will make my... Okay, Star well, yeah, even then, I want to... Even then, I want to change. Because my question was going to be that we haven't seen. What franchise that doesn't have a licensed game currently would you like to see get licensed? Any- Cl- Cloverfield. I like the way you think. It would be sick. Okay, okay, okay. a massive monster-style Godzilla game. Bigger question. Survival, though. Who? What? If you had to, from what you can think of. Naughty Dog? Yep. Think of of, uh, survivor horror uh, in terms of Last of Us, but with huge, gigantic monsters that Cloverfield has. And you're going through destroyed city ruins, and every now and then one of them wakes up, and you have to run. Okay, okay. Do you want... I I want Gen Design and Naughty Dog to work together on this. Gen Design is... uh, is, uh, You made Ueda's new team. No, no. So, oh, did you see that the game got it, teased it, it even got more? Another, yeah, I was going to say it got another image. So. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, that's... uh Okay, I like that one. I like that one. I, I think that'd actually be pretty cool. What is CTR? Crash Team Racing? Yes, okay. it is. Um, okay. What about you? Do you have one? Perfect Dream Game made from a movie? I think that there are plenty of really good movies, and you try and think about the ones that would fit into a game well. And, like, see, we have these narrative experiences, and I try and think about ways that you can make a narrative experience really cool. And this is going to sound wild. And I know I, I and Cloverfield, you really, that's a really good one. I feel well, like they're it coming makes out with two sense. Cloverfield movies this year. This year, two? I yeah. knew they were coming out with one. I'm that's- pretty sure that God Particle is going to be a Netflix one and then Overlord, which is, a, it takes place, it's basically Wolfenstein. It takes place in World War II and Nazis have alien technology they're using to fight against us. Super weird. Okay. I love that series. Um, series is good. But where I'm going to go is really out there because it is a movie and it's a movie that did. Okay, I don't think it made its money back necessarily because it was really high budget. It was the Wachowski, uh, not, not brothers now. What are they now? Uh, the Wachowski sisters. Triplets. There's only one of them sister. I don't think it's not triplets. I'm sorry, but the Wachowski family, whatever. 
Two of them are brothers now, and one because it was originally three, if I'm not mistaken, and now one of them Lana. No, but uh, oh. one of them just had a sex change. Okay. Um, but did you ever watch Cloud Atlas? Yeah. Really long. No, it was. And convoluted. Not just not awful, but but convoluted. Now, I think taking that idea, expanding it, and letting us break it down in a way that, like a Quantic Dream style game. That'd be cool. Would be really cool. So Quantic Dream would do it. Quantic Dream would That'd do it. That'd be sick. Yeah. I, I like see, that. I think that taking something like that, it already feels decidedly like something that Quantic Dream tackles anyway in the way they try and make their stories and write their stories with this interconnected. Yeah. It's uh, and, that, and that movie was already very interconnected. Now, do I want it to be that movie? No, but take the idea of what Cloud Atlas was. Right, like the structure of the, time. The idea about what's going on and how time works with itself. And which is uh, crazy because I feel like I read the book faster than I watched the movie because that movie felt like it was nine that hours That movie long. does it, feel it, really it long, but it's good. I love movie. that movie. No, it's a good movie. It's just dense. Some people hate it because it's so long. And they get confused because well, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think that idea would be really cool. So I think that Quantic Dream, or at least developers like Quantic Dream, would stand to gain a lot from that kind of idea. I, I would not want to see Telltale do it. No. I just don't think that they could do visually the game justice. In my no, opinion. yeah, and Cloud uh, Atlas is something that is visually stunning. Not even from a movie standpoint, but from the descriptions in the books that were really good too. Oh yeah, from like, and then I've seen like fan art and stuff that was really good. Yeah, from like a, even like a verbal design yeah. standpoint, it's oh, really cool. Yeah, it's a good book. Okay, last question is from Mister Elchabim, and it is uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I really hope we are. Um, he hadn't said anything about it yet, so What's we're going to say that we're good. Good old Hassan. Uh, since way, we missed his question, it, look, you always get read last. It just means that you're most important. Not really, but you know, we, we apologize. Uh, another week, another question. He says, favorite kart racers. And actually, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, and where do you stand on the debate of CTR and Mario Kart? Now, before we give our answers, he says, personally, I like CTR more than Mario Kart just because of the speed and kart mechanics. However, I only played a couple of the older Mario Karts, so I'm not too experienced with Mario Kart, especially the newer ones. I give it, hey, I give it to him. And then he says, hashtag CTR remake. I'm with you, buddy. Hashtag CTR remake. I, I I really believe in my heart of hearts that it's going it's to happen. happen. We all um, know the answer to this question, though. We're very on very two dividing lines here. Well, I am, the only thing I want to say about this is, have you even played CTR? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if you ever had. Yeah, very, very small amounts, but similar okay. to how he's played Mario Kart. It's been, like, long ago. Sure, and sure, not sure. in, you know, huge burst. Okay, so the question, Pretty so sure I, I know that you stand on Mario Kart. Yeah, right. Mario Kart is, uh, is is my all-time favorite. The track designs, the music. Now, that's your all-time favorite kart racer in general? Yes. Two? Yeah, like oh, there's, wow. there's no... There's no... Bold. There's no, there's no, no, yeah. The there, characters, everything about of, this game. Of fun. every single one of them that I've played, there are tons. Of, I don't say tons, but there are... There are at least three better kart subjectively, racers. Subjectively, yeah. <laughs> subjectively. I, subjectively. I, 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 obviously, subjectively. Right. But my point being, um, in terms of... Answer the question in, in uh, you know, favorite kart racers. Uh, my all-time favorite kart racers, we know. Yeah, I will shout that out. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, my, all, my, my favorite kart racer of all time is Mod Nation Racers. Yep. I do think that that game has probably the best foundation. And it's sad that kart racers are a weird thing where really Mario Kart is the one that does extremely well and continues to do well. Uh, and that is because it's intrinsically tied to Mario Kart and because it's a fun party game. I get that. Um and it's meant to be wild and not necessarily hard, which is, again, something I don't like because it's not meant to be a challenge. See, that's it's, what I like about it. It's, it's literally it's, it's competitive in a completely random nature. Yeah. There is no point. It's not even about skill in that game. You no, can be the best racer, fun. and you can have somebody do the most stupid crap because yep. of the way the mechanics I've set up and ruin you. i three red shells at the end. So, so it's, it's, it's just you know fun. And we've talked to Ad Nods about that. But yeah. um, 
I do specifically like the game a lot. I think the way that they put the mechanics together with using your boost and that it doesn't only affect boost. The way you build boost is with drifting. Uh, and then from drifting, you have this boost. You can choose to use the boost to actually boost yourself, or you can choose it to actually sacrifice parts of your shield meter, of your bubble, whatever, your um, boost meter, to shield yourself, which you only have a split second to do so whenever someone sends an item towards you. So that if you play, if you play in a smart and strategic way, that you will not get screwed up, which is what I like, because it is about the challenge. Right. It is about being good at the game. Uh, Crash Team Racing is another one of my favorites, obviously, on here. I think that that's going to be remade, like I say. Uh, Crash is doing successful as I'll get out, like right now. Uh, they'd be dumb not to capitalize on it, uh, and I think it would do well because they, they are showing right now that while not Mario level, Crash is a character who can do that. I think we'll see it at E3. I, I do, too. I really hope we do. Um, Gotta have another one of those E3 The ones. other game I'm gonna throw out there that I think is better... Um, is Sonic um, All Star Sonic Racing Olympics. Transformed All Stars? Oh, uh, and it's because it took a lot of the ideas that you saw Mario Kart Six, I think, do, which was a DS one that introduced a little uh, technically transformations, like when you jump, it automatically pulls you out like a little paraglider. Oh, and stuff. yeah, I, uh, sure I think that was one. six. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, the 3DS one or five, That's seven. Okay. If it's anyway, the there's DS way too one, many. It's seven. If it's six, it's the no. DS the, one. the DS first one, I think, was the one that did it, and that was, was it? it was called Mario Kart, but it was technically Mario Kart Five, I think, because 3DS one was six, or no, 3DS one was seven, so yeah. maybe it was six. Anyway, my point being, it took a lot of those ideas, which were cool, uh, and it gave it the sense of speed that I feel like it needed, and it gave it the sense of challenge that I feel like it needed, while also giving it a character that you can hinge everything on and have fun people, like you could race as Chow's or you could race as Eggman or yeah, I see that. Knuckles and stuff like that. I like Chow's. It was really fun. Games game is really good. Uh, I love that game a lot, uh, but it's not my favorite, obviously. Uh, CTR is even above it. Um, my biggest problem with with uh, Mario Kart is the random nature of it and the sense of speed. Even when you go to 200 CC, is just slow. And I do think that's from an accessibility standpoint. Yeah. Even as fast as they want people to feel like they can just hop into it. Right. Uh, and Especially with it being geared towards kids. Yeah. So I mean, the game they, they obviously do well, but um, that's that's, that's kind of where I stand. And I think that kart racers need a resurgence because one of the most fun platformer, one of the first, one of the most fun platinums I have, outside of the fact that the online trophies were jank. Is my nation races? It was a very fun and rewarding platformer to get. Uh, I mean, I'm platformer, kind of platinum to get. I do, I like getting platinums in racing games. Yeah, you said platformer once before that. And I was just like, I don't know what he's talking about at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I was I mean, like, I swear we were talking about racers a second ago. But so anyway, um, yeah, I like that. All right, John is our boy, Admiral Austin, 3D show. printer. Okay, do what you want to, Saul. Make this a visual experience, audio visual. Oh. Okay, I don't want to annoy anybody <laughs> any further. Uh, it's a beautiful 3D printed uh, trophy right now. It is just black. It is the design of the gold, silver, and bronze yeah, John, trophies that are all the same. So it's uncolored said, right now. I'm going to sand it, get it painted, make it look beautiful. You said you would send me one. Where, where it at? Where it at? I better get the finished product. Where it at? Uh, anyway, it's, it looks beautiful, and it, it's exactly, it's funny, it stemmed from a conversation, like, it'd be cool to have a real set of, of trophies, uh, and set. of course, this is what he does, and sends it to me without even, uh, without me even asking for it, necessarily, he just sent it. Uh, so I really appreciate it, John, it's beautiful, I appreciate it a lot, bud, we're gonna get it finished, I'm gonna get it painted, and you will see the finished product one of these days, but I I'm probably gonna get the stuff this weekend. I can't promise you anything, but if I get one of these, I may drink Mountain Dew out of it while I'm playing video games. Do it. Just do while, it, while get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. 
Thank you, everybody. This has been episode 45 of Triangle Squared. You know where to find us at the links below, everywhere by Spotify and Twitter at TriangleSQRD. We thank everybody for joining in and leave feedback. Bad or not, we want it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. For being here.